me teach. Hey, church, um, welcome uh, all around. We just had a lesson of theology. We just had um, hope expressed, reality expressed. The, the, the worship team took us through a journey that I just want to say very few teams do. And I've been around a lot. And I just want to say thank you because sometimes you make take for granted what you got. And I just want to be sure you don't take for granted a worship team that loves you and also thinks about what we need because that I could end and you've been taught and preached to very well today just through our worship together. So I just want to say thank you. You're awesome. <clears throat> and we welcome you from, um, from afar, from around here in different locations and also from, from online. And I've done this as well. It's so cool. Um, to be able to be online, and, and I know there's different thoughts about this, but there's a silver lining that's occurred through all of this, and that is the ability that we can actually reach more and uh, be able to express our love to others um, that aren't here. This is just an expression of grace life here, but there's many different expressions. So I just want to welcome you who's also online here today and enjoy um, I, you know, when, Brian, when uh, Joe told me that, you know, he wanted me to teach, he said, you're well-loved, Brian. You're like the crazy uncle of us. And, and I just thought that was such a spiritual deep thought. And, and so today I don't come as an overseer of this church, but rather the crazy uncle because I kind of like that title of crazy uncle. Um, let's just pray real quick and, and welcome the Holy Spirit just to come and, and dwell among us. Thank you, God that you are in our midst. You are truly Emmanuel, God with us. And we want to recognize you today. We want to honor you. We want to point to Jesus today. So Holy Spirit, in your midst, in us and around us and in the midst of us here and all over, God, we just want you to be present. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, there will be an idiom that I want to really focus in on today, and that is every, everyone's heard this one before, and that is sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. You can't see the forest for the trees because sometimes, man, just the busyness of life and also especially when you're in the ministry and so many of you have given your life to this ministry called Grace Life. And, and, and so many times in the ministry, as well as serving and loving others along with life in, in general, we can get so focused in the midst of a forest that we can't even see the trees. And really today, um, because I have perspective, I, I want to bring the trees out for you today. Today is not, I really want you to sit back and just take it in. Uh, you won't be taking notes, I don't think. Um, this is not a deep theological uh, Joe is so good at, at working through the theology of the word. Today, I, I really thought, what's the title of today? I give thanks for grace life. I just want to give thanks to you. Today is a day that I just want to bring to you the trees of who you are. Because I've seen you from the beginning, and some of you weren't here, I was. And I want to let you know the power of grace life. And what you've done as a community of believers. It, it, and, and sometimes I think it's important for you to recognize it. And, and it takes an outside perspective. So I'm an outside perspective that has a very close relationship with Joe and Laura. And many of you in this room. And so I want to give you something to really just take with you today. And I hope and pray that you will walk away encouraged. 
That's my goal. When I thought about scripture, it's probably a scripture that you guys have studied already. In fact, I know you have. It's just this love that the Apostle Paul had for the Philippian church. It's just this overwhelming sense that the Apostle Paul spoke into this letter, and it was a letter with a song. When we read Philippians, you have to to see the song behind the letter. You know, he penned it probably in 61 to 62 AD. He's in prison. It's known as one of the four prison epistles. And as you know, in the, the New Testament, so many of the scriptures and so many of the letters written were corrective letters. They were like, guys, you are whacked out, and I need to bring some new thought to you because you're off course. Not this. The Church of Philippi had a DNA in it that I think you will recognize as I just share a little bit about this first chapter in the first letter of Philippians where, where Paul is just thanking God for this church because it meant so much. It was planted, actually, in Acts chapter 16. It's planted by this businesswoman named Lydia. The Apostle Paul and Silas, they're, they're, they're traveling in one of their missionary journeys, the second missionary journey, and they're, they're in Philippi, and they go to a river, and they're on the Sabbath, and there just happens to be, it says, the women, some women and the households. And they begin sharing about the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, this man-God, fully man, fully God, who was perfect, and he t- taught, and he showed, and he, and he died, and he resurrected, and he ascended into heaven. And this message, the gospel, the hope, that they shared with these, these businesswomen. And Lydia, sitting there, says she loved God, but she embraced this message of Jesus Christ. And she and her household were baptized that day. And then he went, then he went on to the Philippi. He spent a few days there, and there's this little slave girl that was following him and, and prophesying every move that he was going to say. And it says before long, he got tired of her following him. And he, t- he turns around, he exercises the demon out of her. And all of a sudden, her bosses lot, realized they lost all their profits, so they had the magistrates throw him in prison. You remember this story. I'm doing just a Yoast narrative of Acts chapter 16. And all of a sudden, they're in prison. And if you remember, short version, there is this earthquake, and their chains are loosened, and, and all of a sudden, the prisoners are free, and a jailer realizes this is not good. And he takes the knife, ready to kill him, and Paul and Silas goes, no, 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 don't do that, please. Please don't. And so the jailer takes him to the house, and he and the household were saved, accepted Christ, and all of a sudden, there's this movement And that was such great church planting strategy, isn't it? Roman jailer, Lydia, a woman, businesswoman, and probably a little girl that realized there's something special about this man, God named Jesus. I'm guessing. And that was the way the Philippi church was started. And this is what he, he says to this Philippian church. He said, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, 
to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. There's this thanking of God because every time I think of you, most likely he only spent three months with the church of Philippi in his first journey. And then on his third journey, he spent a few days with them. But there's something special with this group, the DNA of this Philippian church, because they were different than other churches. Their DNA have you ever started something with some people and the sacrifice it takes to launch something? And there's just something that is beautiful with regards to starting something. And, and Paul saying, you know what? You gave to me and you prayed for me when you didn't even know what I was going to go do. That's what he's saying right there. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the, the gospel from the first day until now. What he's saying is, you, you, church, you believed in me and the message of Jesus, not when everyone else didn't. It, it wasn't that they didn't, except you partnered with me from the beginning, and you gave to me, and, and you believed in the message of the gospel, and you sacrificed for me, and you gave your heart for me, and you prayed for me. And not only did you do that, because a lot of churches, they like doing that. Yeah, we give and pray for our missionaries. Oh, no, no, no. And then you grew the church of Philippi. And you took, the, you took the very message I gave you, and you birthed something beautiful. And so now I just want to say thank you. I want to thank you for every, every time I think of you, I have such joy in my heart. And he goes on and says, it's right for me to feel this way about you. Since I've, have, I have you in my heart, and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me, God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And the grace that he's given me during persecution and the grace and the power that he gives me as I walk along the desert. The grace that I experience as I testify to the erection of Jesus Christ. I'm sharing with you, Church of Philippi. I'm sharing that with you, Grace Life. That same grace you have as well. Because when you partner with Jesus Christ, you get the power of the grace of Jesus Christ. And he just says this, as you've partnered with me, and as I've gone, I, when I think of you, I, when I think the Apostle Paul, I don't think of a very feeling man. I think of a theologian. Just read Romans. It'll mess you up. Because I just think of Paul. Um, many people believe in legend that he was a short man um, and not necessarily the most good-looking man. Um, but many believe, you know that he spent years in the desert really taking in the theology of Jesus. Don't you think? When you think of Paul, you think of Paul as an intellect. But he's saying, oh no, my heart overflows when I think of you. Um, I, I have joy even as I'm chained. 
When I travel and I've been beaten and I've been persecuted and I've been robbed, when I think of you, my heart swells because I know you partner with me. I don't know if you were there, but I was there when there was this twinkling in Joe's eyes. When, when he said, Brian, I'm thinking about planting a church. What do you think? And many of you know my response. I said, you already had. You already have. You and Lord have planted church for the last decade that I knew you. You know, I've, I've had the privilege of pastoring Joe and Laura and Ben over the years since he's been back. And so when, I, when I've thought about what his question was to me, he said, do you think I should plant a church? I, I think, Joe, you and Laura have been planting churches for the last decade. When you planted Sarah's and nightlife, don't you think, Martini, that, that's a church? I mean, call me crazy. I remember when I led you to Christ. I just, they had just lost their daughter at 19. And they've come back home to say, we're going to dedicate our lives to the vision of what Sarah was. And so I remember, as they were in our church, we helped launch them into to nightlife and mobile preacher and, and, and then just watch this thing evolve. And then, he, then Joe and Laura, they became teachers and um, had, the, had the sub-church or the, the, the church where many of you went at Church of the Palms and the garden and the, and the experience there and then being at Covenant for so many years, and, and all of a sudden I said, Joe, I, I don't know what you're, what you're thinking, but I think that you have to realize you've pastored people and you've been a church for the last decade. But because I'm a former pastor, I knew what he was asking. And I said, um, I don't know. So I'm going to ask you three questions. Why? What's Laura think? <laughs> yeah, always. Here's one, guys. You don't move ahead unless your wife's on board. And you, ladies, you don't move ahead unless your husband's moved. See, when you're, when you're married, you're spiritually one. Comma. I'm doing a teaching off the side here. You know, we, sometimes we make some big mistakes in life because we forget that we're coupled. And so uh, that was my, one of my, my natural um, questions was, what's Laura think? And then I asked this crazy one. Um, what do you think Church of the Palms and Covenant Life thinks? Because they're your... You're overseeing churches here. And so um, he answered those questions. And actually, we're blessed by both churches. And some of you are here this morning because both churches blessed this church plant and financially helped this church plant. But I have to remind you that this is just one expression of your church. This is not grace life. This is not church. This is an expression of your church. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Okay, thank you. Amen online? Amen. Yeah, all right. I've never done this before. This is really cool. And, um, and you're at a different location. Amen? Because the body of Christ is organic, and we have expressions of it. 
And so when Joe asked, I know what he was thinking. I said, yeah, I think God might be leading you to have this expression called grace life. Because if you don't know, you might be new. You have to understand that grace life occurs on Monday nights in recovery. So I was just there three weeks ago. 50 to 100 who are in recovery, Christ-centered recovery, and most likely they won't be coming here. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah, because there's an expression going on. Tuesday night there's teaching and theology. Wednesday night there's nightlife. Thursday night there's food pantry. Call me crazy, there's other things I don't know because I only get a perspective from the past. Do you realize that you've been feeding 1,000 to 1,500 people in your food pantry pre-COVID? How many now? Over five to 6,000, I'll be conservative. God, when people have a need, you just show up. I mean, I think a nightlife and the kids that you reach, you feed and you encourage. And I've been there so many times in my life and, and hear the love that's expressed by, by maybe with, with youth. And, and then you have counseling for them and, and to try to meet their needs because I think that's what Jesus would do. I'm not sure Jesus, I don't know, I don't want to get into it. I think Jesus might be here today or maybe down in a park hanging out. I'm not sure he, where he would be but I'm not sure he would be where we think he would be. Just my thought. Because I want to encourage you to see the beauty of this church more than the expression of just this morning because you're online, you're in other buildings, you're on other nights, you're meeting needs that are real because you have a Joe and Laura that understands what ministry is and you're a part of it. And some of you have been here since the beginning, and I would say, yay, raw, because if Joe is here, maybe he's, I'm speaking on behalf of him, but I'm speaking on behalf of me, too, that you've gone the journey, and I smile about you when I pray about you, because I know what you've been doing and where you're going, and it might be tired. Don't give up. This church has pivoted so well in this crisis, and it's not the best, and it's not comfortable But there's a silver lining if you don't know what God's doing. There's a silver lining. There's a silver lining. Because the ability to reach more people with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, that which he meant for evil, God meant for good. Watch what starts happening as you continue to reach out. Now, I was was heading down Marina Jacks, and um, three weeks ago, and I just went down for no reason, I, except I sat next and sat down, and I didn't realize there were boats that, after the storm, had been beached. And um, I'm an interesting guy, and I always ask questions. So there's this gentleman here, and he's um, looking over the, this, this boat. It's been cut up. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm, I'm taking off the parts of this boat for my boat. And the city had given him permission to do that. And so he was just taking off all the the metal and stuff that he wanted for his boat. And then a gentleman came along with a dog and said, where's Andy? And the guy goes, I don't know. Who's Andy? This is Andy's boat. Where's Andy? And there was something inside of me going, 
oh, thank God that I'm just sitting here and I'm not him. Because he's, a, he's got to explain to this gentleman where Andy is because this is Andy's boat. And I'm taking things off Andy's boat. And they had a discussion. And he explained that the city had given him permission to do so. But he walked away going, I wonder where Andy is. Where's Andy? I, I got another picture. I, actually, I was sitting there going, that's a pretty large vessel. This is down in Marina Jacks. This is a pretty large vessel. Just beached. And then I saw the next one. This one as well, beached as well. If you can look real close, there's a guy on it looking like he's steering it. So I, I had to walk by because I go, I don't know if he knows that he's, he can't move. So um, where is Andy? I, I just couldn't help but think of Grace Life with these pictures. Because I know that if Grace Life, I know if Andy finds you, I don't know where he is. But there's a lot of Andys in this city that knows about Grace Life. Because you've helped them. You've helped them get their life back. I know enough about this church to know that there's been many a people that have been wrecked in their life has been wrecked. But this church has loved them with mercy and love and truth and life is better than this. And there's some people who um, they walk into church many a times and it looks all like they're together and they're sailing their ship and it looks good on the outside But quite frankly, their life is shipwrecked on the inside, behind the doors of life. And I just want to encourage you that in a church like this, you can be honest. You don't have to put up a front. You can be honest. It's okay to do this for a while, but you can't live life with a great image, but your life is miserable. But grace life... You're a church that loves, and you love well, and you have great mercy. And I want to continue to cheer you on, because I think the Apostle Paul would say, keep doing it, keep loving. Because in Philippians, if you know about Philippians, you know that the Apostle Paul would do this. He always pointed people to Jesus. He pointed the church to humility, and he also pointed them to service. Go to chapter 2 of Philippians, and you'll see the mantra of the Apostle Paul speaking into the Philippian church. Don't forget that you are to follow Jesus, and you are to do it with humility, and you are to serve as Christ served. In fact, he served until he died. Philippians chapter 1, as I close today, verses 9 through 11. And this is my prayer, that your love abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And this is my prayer, that your love would abound more and more. Don't be satisfied with where you're at, but continue to grow in your love and that you would grant... You would gain in knowledge and in discernment because you are living in a day 
that Rome is, is persecuting you and also the church. So you're going to have to discern against those that may lead you astray. And also, be sure that you're pointed to Jesus so that there's a righteousness that's going to be a fruit, according to Galatians chapter 5, that there would be a fruit that is going to be burst in you because of your abiding in Christ, according to John chapter 15. So let there something be of you, Church of Philippi, that will be continuing to grow and be careful that there's things that you don't get caught up into because you may lose focus. So keep your eyes on Jesus because if you don't, you can be led astray. Oh, Grace Life, be careful in these days as I close today. I give you a loving warning. Be careful that you don't get caught up in the culture's way. Be careful that you're not led astray. Be, be, be sure that you're focused in on Jesus and the kingdom of Jesus and not the kingdom of man. Be sure who's discipling you because you may be getting discipled by the wrong voices. I'm giving you just a loving warning because it's so easy to get back into your bay and get into your echo chamber and to get into that little place where you're not supposed to be and you're hand grenading people on Facebook and on Twitter with all of your um, thoughts. And I'm just warning you, be careful because that's not what the Apostle Paul would be sharing with us. Be careful because keep your eyes on Jesus and humility. Grow in your love and your fruit and your righteousness because we don't belong in a bay. We belong out in the water. We belong in the waters where boats are supposed to be. Anchored to the rock of Jesus Christ in the midst of culture, but close together, learning, loving, and giving collectively together. We are not supposed to do life alone. If you're trying to do life alone, you'll get picked off. So we are to do it together. Oh, Church of Philippi, Oh, Church of Grace Life, I just, when I think about you, I smile. Online, worldwide, down on Swift, here at McCurdy's, at Grace Life Recovery, for the handing out of food, at nightlife, for mobile preacher. Oh, my God, continue loving each other in this community, but most of all, keep loving Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this body of Christ. Today we call it Grace Life, this expression of a church that oh so much feels like the New Testament church, that we wouldn't become weary in any way, but rather during this season that we would be thankful for this body of Christ. We're thankful for you, Jesus, that we are thankful through our sacrifice, our our generosity, and that we're thankful that we have one another. Oh, God, that we stay focused during these times, not on our own kingdom, but the kingdom of Jesus. And I thank you for this group and the love you have for them and they have for you. And we give you pause today and just say thank you. And everyone said amen. Amen. Blessings. And you, I've never done it. You are free to leave. So, woo! Have a great day.